are you looking for a place to get amazing, powerful ladies merchandise and shop from your favorite female brands? Great news. You can do that all at thepowerfulladies.com at our store. Use code LISTENER, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and get 20% off, 20% off your first purchase. She fulfilled a dream. And that's when you said, show up, stand up, take that risk, go to the skinny edge of that branch and just believe that you really want to happen because that to me is our power. That to me is your personal power. With that, that's when it gets juicy. That's Marnell Hibbard and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. These are people that inspire me and remind me that everything is possible. I hope that you will be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. If you look up Power Couple, the first example is Beyonce and Jay-Z. The second example is Dave and Marnell Hibbard. They are the co-founders of Dialexis, a sales training, mindset, and leadership coaching business, as well as public speakers and co-authors of two books. The first, Source Selling, How to Get Through to Almost Anyone, The Proven Method for Reaching Decision Makers, and the second, The Canoe Theory, a business success strategy for leaders and associates. For decades, they have been traveling the world coaching executives on leadership and sales teams on achieving breakthroughs for pretty much every major company in the world, including Apple, Xerox, and DuPont. As successful as their business has been, they also are an example of what it looks like to win at home. I'm so inspired by the respect they have for each other, how they've grown and evolved together, and how they really do push, balance, and elevate each other. I was lucky to meet them when Marnell took a personal development program for which I was a coach. Ever since, I've been looking to her and Dave for inspiration, advice, and as a reminder that you can create a life beyond your wildest expectations, even from nothing. On this episode, I was lucky to get them both in the studio and have them share their journey as business people, as individuals, and as a couple of how they've exceeded all the expectations that they would have had from where they came from to give them an exceptional life that gives them choice and the ability to give back in the way that lights them up. All that's coming up shortly. First, this episode is brought to us by our friends at York Athletics. York is a Boston-based, family-owned performance footwear brand that believes the fighting spirit inside all of us has the power to redefine individuals, inspire communities, and change the future. Obviously, they are totally aligned with the Powerful Ladies message. It's a three-year-old startup with a lot of footwear industry heavyweights from brands like Nike, Puma, Reebok, who saw a need for clean, comfortable, minimally branded footwear in the performance space, versatile enough to wear in and out of the gym. Solid nods from the media over the years from Men's Health, Men's Fitness, ESPN Women's, Pop Sugar Fitness, Esquire, Hypebeast, BuzzFeed, and now Powerful Ladies recommends that you get your own pair of York Athletic Sneakers. For everyone that's been listening for a while, you guys know Elizabeth McGarry from episode one. York is where she is the creative director. So give Powerful Ladies some love, give Elizabeth some love, and go check out York. You will not be disappointed. YorkAthleticsMFG.com. And everyone that's listening here gets $20 off their first free pair. Use promo code POWERFUL20 at checkout for $20 off your first pair. 
Free shipping and exchanges are on them. Thank you guys so much for coming in today. I am honored. I really thought about this and I am so pleased to be in this chair today. I really am. And to give what I can give and do what I can do. So thank you. You're welcome. So how about we start by both of you introducing yourselves? Absolutely. My name is Marnell Hibbard. And um, the name Marnell is unique. It's spelled M-A-R-H-N-E-L-L-E. And I don't think I really came into owning it until probably... 15 years ago. <laughs> so, but I love it. It's different and I'm different. So I finally got to own the name. Yes. And what do you do, Marnell? You know what? I, I have like a vast amount of things I do. I am a speaker, trainer, run a business, created a business, entrepreneurial, wrote a book, uh, two books actually, co-authored. And uh, I am a wife, a mother, a proud grandmother, and um, I'd say that I love to cook. I love to cut hair. I love to design. So there's not a whole lot I don't like to do. I, I finally got that life was for getting involved in. So that's what I do, get involved. Perfect. And we're honored today to Thank not you. just have you, but, but to have your husband. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, David. Well, uh, my name is Dave Hibbard, and I'm thrilled to be here as well because I get to focus the light all on Marnell, which is what I'm all about. And so I, someone asked me one day, what's my bucket list? And I said, well, my wife, Marnell, is my bucket list because she is truly an amazing woman, and I'm proud to be here to offer any support I can. Thank you. Thanks a lot for being here. And he drove me here, so that's good, too. Yes. Extra support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and what do you, how would you describe yourself, Dave? Well, I'm a, uh, a partner, first of all, to Marnell uh, for 34 years now. So it's been a, just a miraculous relationship. I'm blessed. And I, like Marnell, I'm a speaker and a trainer in the world of sales and leadership and mindset, those kind of things. And... Um, I think of uh, my my crusade in my life is to move people's lives forward, and so that's uh, that's what I'm up to. And that's exactly I think how I became so inspired by you guys, and I are so happy to have you in my circle because what your purpose and passion is is what I think mine is in the sense of pain empowerment forward. Mm. How do we help people find the skills that they didn't know they didn't have right. to get to the next place. Right, absolutely. And, and, to, and to boost those people up because um, it breaks my heart when people say, I can't, no matter who they are or where they're from. And I'm glad that there are people like you guys out there changing that. Excellent. People. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's because we didn't know we could. And so we have the experience of coming from we can't, we didn't understand it. Uh, both Dave and I were raised um, socioeconomically, maybe below standards. I came from a pretty dysfunctional household, and so did David. And so getting to where we are now and being able to share that with others, like, wow, I never knew, and this to me is really important, I never knew I could do something without the credentials of being certified to do whatever it was. Like, how do you be an author and not have an undergraduate degree? I never knew I could. Mm -hmm. I, I not, And I now have an appreciation for, 
You don't need credentials. You need a desire, and then you can do it. And you need a partner, someone that supports you and just really believes in you when you don't believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, but let me give you credit. Having a partner that supports you, because I feel the same about you, of course, but before you had a partner, you were already an amazing woman. Thank you. And you did things that were extraordinary before you had somebody with your back, so to speak, or mm-hmm. behind you. So how did that happen? Uh, total Is that because fear. I'd like to, I, well, I'd like to, I'd like to take credit for being your partner to support you. But right. but you are a spectacular woman and achiever. So that happened before me. Well, I I appreciate that. But it was coming from fear, not passion. It was coming from, holy moly, how am I going to make this happen? And as a young girl, I was in sixth grade, and my parents were just not engaged in the way that you think parents should be. So I thought, holy moly, I've got to take over this thing. And I did. And when I did, it was more out of survival and fear versus passion and a, a dream or something that I wanted to aspire to. So I remember just absolutely the fear of not having as a single mom enough food or enough money to pay the rent or getting the laundry be, uh, behind. I thought, oh my God, if that ever happens, my whole world's going to die. And so, I mean, that was the motivation. So it's like the come from isn't as inspiring. It really is draining when you come from, from me, it was draining when I came from fear and I have to, and I should, and oh my gosh, versus, wow, I get to, and this is where I want to go with this. And I, then it's lighter and it's fun and I love it. But a lot of women, Marnell, don't have direction. I mean, there's a lot of men don't have, people don't have direction. Mm -hmm. So I get that you didn't have that direction. I understand your background. So without direction, you said fear, but but what was it just organic? It just happened that you suddenly started to get it and move forward? Or did, did you have a vision out front? Or was it strictly motivated by fear? What, 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 and by the way, and if fear was a big motivator, which I hear, when did that kind of let go and vision take over? Right. That's a great question. I really thought about it, Kara, Mm -hmm. coming here, and I thought about it. I was very young. I was just so miserable. I was lonely. I had two children, and I didn't even really get the love that I could have. I was really a victim of my circumstances, and I was so miserable. So I just woke up one morning, I just thought, I can't stay in this place anymore. The one thing that I realized that I could change is my view of my circumstances. And that was it. My pay grade wasn't going to change. I was still, you know, living from paycheck to paycheck. I was overweight. I smoked. I was like alone, I, you know. And so, but I could look at it differently. I could look at my circumstances differently 
and start looking at the glass half full versus half empty. You know, I was well. I I mean, yeah, I smoked, but I was physically okay. So, I mean, there were certain things I could shift the way that I perceived Mm -hmm. what I had. And that made a big difference. But that sounds so easy. That sounds like you're – I mean, if people are listening and there are ladies out there that listen to this and say, oh, well, you know, their life is a struggle, whatever that means – and all I have to do is shift my thinking. I mean, how do you do that? I mean, okay. how, how could, what, did you just wake up one day and decide? Did you look in the mirror? Did you think about it in your sleep? Did, what, how'd that happen? How does that happen? Well, for me, honestly, I know exactly when it was. And I really think I hit my bottom. I just couldn't stand the pain I was in anymore. That mm. was really what it is. So if I could give a tip to someone right now. I would say, honestly, start a gratitude list Mm -hmm. because I really learned that when you start thinking about things that you're grateful for, small things, honestly, it all of a sudden changes the context of your view of life. You start recognizing, I mean, it's raining today, but how can you appreciate that? Well, you can say, wow, we really need the water in California, so that's a good thing versus I just washed my car and it's now going to get all ruined. (laughs) So, That, to me, start writing a gratitude list. The other thing that I did was I I found this little book, and it was really about affirmations. I needed to refill my tank. I needed to really fill my soul with some good stuff. And that truly was for me, I just every day, even though maybe I didn't believe it all the time or, you know, I talk myself out of it, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Kara, I felt like, okay, it just started filling me up in a new way. Well, I know it's worked, and I'll tell you, because (laughs) because Marnell is annoyingly positive. It drives me crazy. I want her to get negative once in a while so we can have some other kind of dialogue. But this, this woman is just true to positive. She's true to support of humanity. She's true to support of women. To everybody, and it's just who you are. As a matter of fact, you wrote a white paper, and the title, if I recall, Marnell, was When I Get Clear, It Happens. Mm-hmm. Do you recall That's that? That's right, of course. When I Get Clear, It Happens. What does that mean? Well, so we're going to fast forward for a minute. So what I felt like I really needed mm-hmm. was some good f- fuel for my soul. Yeah. And what that meant to me was I didn't know where to go. I didn't grow up having that necessarily. And so I was living off survival. And so when I started feeding my soul, so to speak, my psyche, my mind, with positive affirmations and started writing gratitude lists and started looking at things like, wow, it started building my confidence. To your point, then fast forward. I was still not there yet. And what happened to me was, what I realized was, I got a message when I was very young that if I married successfully, then my life was going to be good. Why marry someone who is successful and you're going to be good? You're going to be okay. You couldn't come from yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was into my third marriage, Dave, and... My third marriage was starting to fall apart, and you're going to remember this. It was so not uh, But it wasn't positive. my fault. I, <laughs> I want to make that clear. Yes. <laughs> no, but what I learned from is I was still looking outside mm-hmm. for it to happen. So I, I started feeling better, but it still wasn't about me 
owning, being responsible, mm. understanding that I really can be gracious. And you know what? I've got to step back for a minute because what I was, I was honestly manipulative because I was a people pleaser. I thought mm -hmm. if I make you happy, then it'll work. And then you'll get happy. Yes. And that that was just not right. It didn't. In fact, I lost myself there. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't explain who I was or how I was, and I didn't know how to do that in a kind, generous way. Well, I, I hear that, like, from you not knowing that you could have any power, that you never, like, claimed your power. Like, right. you kept giving it to other people to, like, you can have the power because I can't be the one that generates and causes things, but I'll certainly support you so that I can come along for the ride. Yes. And if I make you happy, like, uh, mm -hmm. please you, mm -hmm. I— then it'll work. Yeah. Not true. So, because um, you went from being a single mother of two kids uh -huh. and figuring this out on your own the hard way uh -huh. and like taking the baby steps of being thankful, of saying positive affirmations to yourself, going through that path. Right. How did you go from there to meeting Dave? Because, and again, I know you guys as now. I don't know how you were when you met each other. Right. But it occurs to me that the two of you to get must have always been, um, you know, you're both passionate people. You both have fires in you, which I imagine were always there to some degree. Right. So how did you go from being like the vision I have is like a small, meek, like uh, hunkered down for survival person to being someone that would entertain dating someone like Dave and then also for the two of you to come together as as powerhouses, as I see you now. Right. So that's a great distinction. I always probably seem like a powerful person to the outside world. It was the inside conversation that completely kept me um, feeling that I needed someone else to hook my star to of sorts. Mm -hmm. You know, I needed an engine. I could not be that person. I didn't have confidence in that. And my self-conversation was not powerful at all. But I seemed powerful. I looked powerful. People would think, oh, she's got it together. And that honestly played into me having to pretend for so long that I was okay because mm -hmm. I really wasn't. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was like um, the Wizard of Oz. When you see the Wizard of Oz, this big, I mean, voice comes out, and yet it's this little guy behind a curtain. Yeah. I was like that. I was really that not powerful. And, and then because people thought I was, then I had this persona, which even made me feel worse because it was so fake. It yeah. wasn't authentic. And did people think that you were powerful based on how you were carrying yourself because of what you're doing in your career? Probably how I carried myself mm -hmm. and um, that I looked and I walked and I had the handshake and I would just walk right into it and say, hey. But again, that I learned that from you had to do that in sixth grade. I had to take over the family. So, you know, I didn't have anything. So I just had to pretend I was that person. And that was it. And that was so, I think, in a lot of ways, destructive because I didn't want anyone to really know who I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anyone to know how fragile I was inside and how I wasn't what people thought I was. Mm -hmm. That was 
I was a hard one, a real hard one for me. So when Dave and I met, he thought I was this, but I, Dave and I really grew together. We were both coming from our own stories and it was, he chose me because I was a people pleaser and I told him because he was strong, but it was really dysfunctional. <laughs> it was really dysfunctional. And, and we had one incident where my son and he clashed and it was like the whole house of cards just went down the drain. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, I've got to re... Uh, it's like taking an un... It's like a... I don't know. It's it just I had to relearn. I had to start all over. Unwind the, the act and the persona to get to what was really there. Yes. That's, that's great. That's exactly what it was. So I started to go to um, adult children of alcoholics because what I realized is I never had a childhood. So that taught me some things. I started going to counseling. I started reading. I I just, I had to unwind who I thought I was and unwind who others thought I was. And then I had to start ex exposing my real power. But in that, it was like Dave didn't like it at first because he he chose me because I was like, oh, you're so wonderful. And now I, I did saying, like that part. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was That was saying, a good time. <laughs> but, but then I was, but Dave, what about this? Like, who who is this person? So then we both started doing work. Work meaning um, self-development. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was, wow, wow. It was um, very powerful because he allowed me space to develop. And I mean that because, you know, I my track record of divorces was pretty high. And he hung in the pocket with me and I hung in the pocket with him and you know, people say today, because we, we work together, we live together, we've raised, you know, stepkids, we have four kids and six grandkids, and how does this all work? We've built four houses, and, and um, you know, we work on it, and we have fun doing it, too. It's good. But, yeah. Yeah. When, when you guys um, got to the point where you started having breakdowns in your relationship, had you already created your businesses together, or was that before all of that? Mm. We had already the, created our we? business together. Yeah, we yeah. we went into business almost as soon as we got married. But where I have a question, it's mm -hmm. really interesting for me to listen to this because mm -hmm. obviously I, I guess I know it, but hearing it again and seeing your emotion and you know your feelings and all. When did when did our relationship for people out there who are in relationships that might be struggling? When did it turn? Because it you know I. I saw your greatness. I, I knew you were amazing. And somehow things turned. Where did that, where was that? Do you know? I do. And yeah. you'll know it too. Mm. We were in um, a transformational workshop. <clears throat> ah. And uh, I had asked Dave to go with me. And he begrudgingly, so we had this deal that if I really said something was important to me, he would do it for me. So I said, this is important. Let's do this. And he went 
and you can. Well, it was Marnell had this. We agreed. Well, I agreed that if she ever said this is really important to me, that I would comply to that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and she's only said it in our thirty-four years of marriage. I think twice. That was one time in the beginning. Oh my God! I didn't want to say yes. I mean, it was <laughs> this place we were going to go, where they're going to look inside you and you got to maybe talk about your daddy and oh my God, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. But we went and it was truly a breakthrough. And I, it's interesting you bring that up because I do recall that that was a big opening for me to find me and you to find you. And because of it, we both found two new people inside each other. Mm-hmm. So as a man, um, it took for me as a man, not that a woman would be the same, but it took risks to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I guess you're right about that. I think that's interesting. Well, and the key, mm-hmm. and I thought you were going to really share it, is that it, during the first two hours before the break, uh, you can say you left well, the training. Oh, yeah. But, I, but the, the reason that I say that is I would normally leave I absolutely would normally leave because I need to take care of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's I'll I'll figure it out. I need to handle it because I was in sixth grade again. Yeah, you're still trying to control your space. Yeah, and when I didn't leave, but this is huge. I didn't make him wrong that he went back on a promise. I didn't become mm-hmm. the victim to that. Mm-hmm. I figured it was his thing to deal with and that I stayed for a week. And Dave would call me every day and say, let me tell you what they're going to do and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, I'm, and he was reading all of this propaganda on the Internet saying, oh, this is terrible. You're going to come back, you know, with you're joining Nicole. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I said, thank you. I love you. Have a great day. And I didn't. I didn't buy into my old ways. That was for that me. That was big. The more you think about, oh my gosh, I think back on that. That's probably it because mm-hmm. I learned that I was a runner. So if there was conflict in our relationship, I would run away. I didn't do anything wrong, so to speak, but I would go to a movie or I'll, I'll make you suffer and I'll run away and I don't need this. And I had that space, you know, of, of, of an attitude of that. And so when we were in the training and I had, a big dispute with the instructor and Marnell was sitting down and I was standing because they mm-hmm. asked me to stand and there were probably 150 people in there and I thought she would stand up next to me and say well, I agree with my husband and you know blah 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 but she didn't and I thought well why aren't you standing in the fight with me so then that's why I left I thought well I'm not saying that you don't you don't care for me then I'm out of here and and she stayed that was a super courageous of her to take that step and it, it was a big big and ultimately a month later mm-hmm. I said I have to go back because I'm, I'm not being authentic as a trainer and speaker to people saying you need to change, you need to wake up. But I wasn't waking up, so I went back. But that was a big, that was a big one. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, for a lot of reasons, me being courageous and authentic. I'd say if I were going to give, I talked to my daughter who's very amazing, and she said, you know, give a few tips. So. The first tip is like feed yourself some positive things, whether it's affirmations, gratitudes, and whatnot. But the other is, I think when you feel fearful about doing something that's legal, I mean, <laughs> that 
being courageous has supported my life. And I usually start it with, I need to tell on myself because I need to share something that is not comfortable for me either. But when I do that and I come from an authentic space, that it's real, I mean, not being judgmental and so on, but it is my interpretation. I have grown so much by that. And in that, do you remember when I said people had this image of me as being so powerful? I was speaking to over 200 people in Australia. They had flown me first class, blah, 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 and so on. And I remember saying, and this was my big hidden secret, I had never gone to college. I had also been married three times. And so to give context to that, maybe let's tell like what the business was so it, it shows why that might be a, a concern of yours as the leader. Certainly. That's, that's mm-hmm. great. So here I am, a speaker and a trainer. We were hired by DuPont to train leaders who own their own company. And they were making gazillion dollars, really highly successful. And here I am at the front of the room, kind of instructing them on how to be. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if they only knew I didn't have the credentials, I didn't have that degree, I didn't have a master's, I'd gone to Harvard. I hadn't even gone to a state school. I remember at one training at DuPont, I thought, God, if I could only be 40, then I would be okay. Because you'd <laughs> and, have your life experience. Uh, yes. You. At, then least I could, that, right? at least that, right? At least that. But that is the context because I felt like a phony. I felt like, why would they listen to me? So fast forward when I'm in this auditorium in Australia that I remember it's almost like slow motion as I said to them the first time I'd publicly given my, you know, given up this image that I had been married three times and that I didn't have an undergraduate degree. I remember like my eyes closing slowly and starting to open. And my biggest fear was they were going to leave. They were going to look at me and say, why would I listen to you? Why would I ever Mm -hmm. spend my time? Because you aren't credentialized. Who are you? And what happened was just the opposite. What happened was they came up afterwards and they said, thank you. Thank you for kind of allowing me to be imperfect. And that is my, I think my biggest joy is that my imperfections people embrace. And I know they'll embrace anyone's imperfection. I really do. And I think that's what makes us so lovely, honestly, is... Well, I don't think you can be powerful if you don't have the imperfections. Like there's a... The the beauty and the humanity allows you to claim being a powerful person, powerful lady, powerful man, whatever. Right. And it's broken my heart when I've asked some women that I know are powerful to be on the show... And they say they can't. And I totally respect that. Like you're busy, you have things going on or they're, they, but most of the time it's that they're at a moment in their life where they don't feel powerful because they haven't achieved what's on their to-do list. And I was like, guys, like you've already done so much that so many other people haven't. And I, I, when I was going down the journey of, of transforming powerful ladies to what it's becoming, it's always hard to know where to start. 
And we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we know how to do because it's just ordinary to us now. Like we just do it without thinking. Mm -hmm. And the, this blogger said, start with what seems so obvious because it's not obvious to someone else. And don't worry about feeling condescending and that you're going too uh, low on the information scale because there's no such thing. There's someone who doesn't know what the first step looks like, which is why I'm really glad that, you know, Dave, you encouraged her to share like exactly what those steps were, because there's a lot of fluff out there right now about, you know, have gratitude and find your purpose and, you know, change your life. And you're like, cool, like, how do I even do that? Mm. Like most people do not mm. have the structure to even figure out what is step one. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the people that do are like, cool, I got one, but there's like 20 more steps and I keep having problems and sure my career might be taking off, but I'm not going to the gym. I'm not eating healthy. I'm in a fight with my mother. Like there's never being powerful is, is the state of continuing to move forward even when you don't want to, right? or it's not easy. It's not the state of being complete and perfect. Like, right. you, like you'd have to die to be a powerful person then. And that's not <laughs> the game we're playing. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. By the way, that, I'd that, like to request that we avoid so the emotional stories because I don't know <laughs> if anyone could see a man. Can they tell if you're crying on radio? Oh my God, this, this, just watching you go through this, mm. like, it's like a film I remember and the yeah. emotion connected to it. But I, I want to bring you back because of what Kara just said. You, what I'm hearing, one of the things that has made a difference for you are, are affirmations mm -hmm. um, and, and being courageous, having mm. the courage to, to just whatever that comes from. Mm -hmm. But I want to go back to this question I asked you about. You, you wrote the white paper, When I Get Clear, It Happens. Can you explain what that means? Well, and again, not to simplify it, but I think we all have that capability. I don't know that we've tapped into it which, always which is that when we get clear how we can create things to happen. What does getting clear mean? It means that I am crystal clear on what I want to do or uh, be or yeah, it, if it's when I am crystal clear, crystal clear. And that means that I can see it, I can taste it, I can feel it, I can smell it. Whatever it is, whether it's a job or it's a place to live or it it defies what the norm says you have to go through or be to get that to happen. So as an example. Well, before you go to the example, can I just mm -hmm. kind of but what but how do you do that? I mean but you say when I get clear, it just happens, correct? Right. How does it just happen? I mean, I mean, you wake up and then all of a sudden it's there. What's the magic to that? What's the? What are you right. doing? I think I think that's a great question. It's that I am so intent. It's like in front of me always, without knowing how to do it. Without knowing how, with that. in fact, it defies logic in mm. most cases. I totally agree, and and I think even a step um, behind that is. Right. The things that you decide you want, you don't always know that you want them or that it's that one thing. It's the things that don't leave you alone. Mm. Like I'm a firm believer in what you um, resist persists. Mm -hmm. And it could be something to leave and stop doing or something to start doing, but it, it nags at you and it keeps poking at you. And like when you think that you're in a good space and you're calming down, it still keeps coming up. So I think there's a big part of, especially in how we're so easily distracted today between what happens on social media and 
what it's supposed to look like and what you've been told and what your friends are doing, that when you stop all that noise and come back to like listening to yourself right. or God or the universe or Believing whoever you yourself, put into that. Yeah. yeah, like giving giving the voice in your in your head and heart credibility you start to put some of those parts together. So you're making, I mean, this brings up for me. So I think the clarity is that there's stuff in my life that I needed to handle to get rid of the distractions or, you know, the negative feelings. Even though I was trying really hard, I pray. So it's like, you know, God forgive me. And Mm -hmm. I'd like, I'd have people's names (laughs) I would forgive. And I think I needed to clean that up. And so when I did clean that up, so it it wasn't easy. Again, it needed my courage and authenticity to be able to do that. And And I think, too, to go back to going deeper on the clean stuff up. Right. Like you you probably started with a list of things that weren't working. Right. Or were holding you back. Right. This is—it's like the— the things that we don't give up in life and keep dragging into the next future. Right. So I'm guessing you probably made a list of like, I'm, I'm, you know, not forgiving this person for this. And maybe my car is not clean and I keep forgetting to pay this bill or get it organized. Like just things that you don't realize are taking up your mental space to allow you to get clear. That's, good That's point. right. Yeah. It, it truly is. It's almost like an emotional drain, if mm-hmm. you will. And mine were more people because I'm very organized. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Mm-hmm. But mine were more people that I was upset about, angry about, had hostility about. And the one of the ones really was um, my first husband's wife. And how I felt like blah, 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 and da-da-da. And we always had this edge to us. And I woke up one morning, and I, I could, I, again, I don't like, I must like, not like internal pain because I thought, ah. So I, re- I switched the way I looked at it, and I called her on Mother's Day and said, thank you. Authentically. Thank you for what? For being the stepmother to my children. And I started realizing that she didn't have it easy either and started looking at it from her perspective. And here I am driving a Mercedes and I'm in commercial real estate and I'm always looking good. And she's got, you know, basically she was raising my two children along with hers. And wow, you know, wow. And it was a complete shift for me to have gratitude about her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this last Christmas, we all spent together. That was, I mean, that's pretty huge. So for me, it is getting rid of anything that's dragging my energy towards mm-hmm. what I want. Mm-hmm. Or and away from what you yes, want. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so for for me, it was cleaning that up, picking up the phone, having a conversation with my mom and saying, Mom, because my mom always bragged about me, but she never told me, and I wanted to hear it from her. So I picked up the phone and said, listen, I'm going to call you, and this is what I want you to say. <laughs> and I talked to her, and I said, <laughs> Mom, did. I want you to say, wow, that's amazing. I think you're amazing. I'm so, oh, like, wow, wow. <laughs> and, I, and then I, so I said, so I'm going to call you back and tell you something, and that's what I want you to do. And she said, 
<laughs> okay. And so I called her and I said, okay, mom, I just did this, blah, 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 blah. And she said, nothing. And I said, mom, it's to say it, say it. She said, oh, well, honey, that's amazing. That is really amazing. And I said, thanks, mom. And I hung up. <laughs> no, but I think that's a secret that a lot yeah. of people don't do is like when you want something specific from somebody, especially right. in a relationship, yeah. right? like just say it. Like it, it's at first you think it's inauthentic because you're making someone do something, but often it just opens the door where it be, they start doing it too. Like it's a great point, Kara. I think you're. Yeah, I like that you just said that. You think it's manipulative, but it's really deepening the relationship. Yeah, no, it was great because yeah. you don't know. If uh-huh. somebody doesn't know you want something right. exactly the way you want it, they're never going to know. And right. if they happen to stumble upon it, like. That's a small miracle. <laughs> but like, why why be mad at them for not doing what you want them to do if they don't know? So at least if you tell them crystal clear and, and your point, make them do it. You're like, all right, step one's done. Now it's in your court. I love it. No, that was that was freedom for me. So getting clear is that I've eliminated a lot of distractions in my life. So whether it's cleaning, organizing, whatever it is. And then, you know what it, I think it really is, is having the courage to want it, even though maybe it doesn't work out. Or in maybe, Marnell, maybe, maybe in your say, case, wow. to, to believe that you deserve it. That that would be great. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm listening to you and Kara, and I think what Kara said is coming out here from my learning of this moment in time is that clear the deck first. Let's get forgiveness, and you don't always have to. Go see a person to forgive them. You can do it in your mind. and But but letting go of things that are in, in the way, as Kara said. And then declaring your vision, having the courage to declare something, correct, that you, you mm, said. Yes. And let, as we say, let the universe bring it forth, whatever that means, right? And that's how you've done things, isn't it? It is. It is. And I would say... It defies logic. It defies logic. So I really want you to hold on to that because it is not like it makes sense. Because people, I think, go, like you said, one, two, three, four. It does not make sense. It doesn't make sense that I am a paid speaker, you know, and have great. I'll never forget. This was about a year ago that this fellow, I'd never met him, but the COO of a company had met us before and hired me to do some coaching with the president, a huge company. So I had never met him, talked to him on the phone a few times, but more distant. Mm -hmm. We rode in this small little sports car for two hours together. And he asked me who I was. And and now he had gone to MIT I mean, the guy was credentialized to the yeah, hill. Wealthy, successful guy. And yeah. I just said, nope. And I've been married and I got this and I've got pimples and I'm, you know, that. And I know that by the end of that ride, he was he was touched by being able to be imperfect and to be open to who I really am. And because of that, I had, you know, two years coaching his company and him. And I mean, it was a great, it was really great. But your authenticity is opening things up. Instead of hiding things, that's what seems to work for you. And it's not a strategy. It's just who you are, correct? And And it's a lot less energy than keeping this. You had a major client. And Marnell had a cold. She was supposed to go do this big event for this big company. 
And I said, don't worry about it. I'll take it for you. I'll do it. And so I called <laughs> the president and I said, listen, uh, next week uh, was maybe a few days further down for a cold, wasn't going to go away. And I said, Marnell's down with a cold, but don't worry about it. I'll uh, come and handle it for you guys because I am Superman and I can do this. <laughs> and I'll never forget the guy said, oh, yeah, well, he said, no, that's okay. We'll wait for Marnell. <laughs> he thought, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second here. That's how much achievement she has accomplished, you have right, accomplished. Right. And and the great things that you bring forth to corporations who do revere you and listen to you. And you've crossed into a miraculous domain and your talent continues to grow. And I admire it. And I, as a matter of fact, Martin, you are my coach in many cases. I go to you because I can get authentic feedback mm -hmm. and real feedback, which is disturbing at times, but I go there <laughs> anyway. And so you're an amazing, amazing woman who continues to move forward and grow. You're still going. I thank you. Yeah. And you know, Carrie, you said something earlier that I'm in transition right now. And it's scary. I don't like it at all. I, I wrote this, Maximizing You, about when I really stepped into my power, I think. I wanted to share that, and I want to recreate that mm -hmm. to be able to talk about, you know, to be able to speak for yourself, but not to be uh, looked at as, you know, being over the top or, you know, being called something else because I've always worked kind of in a man's mm -hmm traditional world and business with commercial real estate and whatnot. But it's that right now I'm in transition and it is scary. Like, who am I going to next be? And um, that's exciting. That's why when you called, I said, okay, I'm totally imperfect, totally don't know what I'm up to and what my vision is. And I believe that it'll It'll come. I am praying, and I am there. And but are you clear about it yet? Not yet. Right, no, well, and that's that's what's happening, and uh, makes it easier if you are clear. <laughs> well, when you get clear, I'll be, I it know it's going to show happen. up. Yes. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. But I I love the imperfection mm -hmm. of what's next, and this is what I love is that there's so much out there. So risk. And courage and authenticity are the three words that, and I'd say be gracious because I know for a long time I got married to save myself. I didn't think about anyone else. And when I realized that maybe I did the same with you, David, you know, I needed that. And then I realized, no, 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 I need to turn it back around. Like, how can I serve you without losing me, mm -hmm. without being a people pleaser? But how can I be a good wife, a good partner, a loving stepmother, a loving mother, and those kinds of things? So when you turn it outwards, mm -hmm. absolutely, you, yeah, you, it's very powerful. You don't need to learn how because you're doing it. Thank and you. That's the woman you yeah, become. Yeah, I love it. Well, I love it. And that's so. what I think for a lot of um, like declaring yourself a powerful lady. Like the power is already in you. Correct. So it's really just a matter of getting rid of all the distractions and getting mm. clear and trying it out like a lot of people haven't tried it it makes me think of the lion king a scene where um simba roars for the first time like until you try like you don't know how loud you can get right and there's so many opportunities to do that in a small way and to build things up right we have an article um on the website about like 20 ways to right now for free like claim some power and it's simple things like we started um when you guys walked in we were talking about handshakes but 
shaking people's hands, looking them in the eye, um, smiling at people, being of service. Like there's so many little things that are putting these micro moments in to start realizing the impact you have on all the people that you interact with. Yes. So I think that so often people associate power with prestige mm. and it's really not linked that way at all. It's it's the power is in the impact you make for your community and the people in your life, regardless of how grand it is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear people's reactions and feedback as they start exploring some of those things. Um, to, to go from a woman who felt small mm-hmm. and to go through life and have successes, mm-hmm. um, start businesses, you know, get married, um, have success financially, and then really discover your power after that. Mm-hmm. Like you were still being very powerful throughout that whole time, right? It, right. Like when you compared yourself to other women, did you see your, like you as part of a group of successful women? Did you see them as separate? Like who were you looking up to and who were you getting inspiration of during that whole journey of finding your own power? Hmm. That's Good a question. great question. I'll never <laughs> forget this. So I didn't have a lot of female friends at all. And I think because I was, again, coming from more scarcity and fear than I was about building my power. And I remember a gal had seen me speak in Chicago and lived in my neighborhood and said, let's go to lunch. And I thought, what would we talk about? I have never gone to lunch with anyone. Because, again, it was all about, you know, survival. It really was. It wasn't about joy or anything like that. So I don't think that I've had any role models. But what I did do is I did take myself on. So I would go to these classes that I knew I didn't want to go to. So I hated to read out loud because I didn't have confidence in that. And I always had to look the part. I always had to have myself, Mm -hmm. my persona right. Mm -hmm. And this one course I took, I had to come with no makeup, my hair completely disarray, and had to sit in front of this room of people and read, which was so hard. But once I did it, I thought, okay, I mean, I didn't die. That was okay. So I internally worked on me and to be able to break through that self-talk about whatever that was. I wasn't mm-hmm. good enough. I didn't deserve it. I didn't have that, you know, qualification or whatnot. And the freedom started just happening. And um, I just, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, being imperfect. I love it because that is who I am. So, Marnell, I have a question for you. I'm thinking about you. When, when you didn't have someone or if a woman person doesn't have someone uh, agreeing with your amazingness, your greatness, whatever, because you're you're saying that you would, you know, throw your shoulders back and read affirmations and believe in yourself. And but if someone on the other side of your relationship is not supporting that, or they're saying, "Ah, oh, it's ridiculous," you're this or that. Right? How did you? Because I know you faced some of that. How did you listen to the positive things in your life, not those who were? saying things that weren't supportive to you. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because, again, I don't know that women grew up, you know, I know it's a blanket statement, but really supporting other women. It was more about if, if I'm number one, then it feels good and you can be number two. But I, I 
never had that. I was never jealous of anyone or anything like that. But what I did learn is you do need a cheerleading section. You need people, male, female, children, relatives, whomever, to believe in you. You So you, me, you would gravitate toward the I positive would. people in your I life. I would. I yeah. absolutely would. I had a good friend who passed away not too long ago who was amazing. And she, very successful, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, she got cancer. And um, wow. She said, I had to take a few people out of my life. I just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that is so powerful. It really is perfect because I think the nicer we are to ourselves and to others, I mean, I know that sounds altruistic, but why not? I mean, why, why not? not? Mm-hmm. Why but not? Can, I asked the two of you, but can a woman do that if she's in a relationship, let's just say with a man, mm-hmm. let's say it's a man because men can be dominant like this, who's not supporting her? Mm-hmm. How, how does she... How, where does she go? Maybe this this program is where mm-hmm. she goes. But how does she get the confidence to have someone on her side like that when a spouse or something is not giving her that support? It's, what do you two say about that? It, it's interesting because we've had a um, prior guest, super powerful woman who is a survivor of an abusive relationship. Mm. And we talked a lot about how she experienced other women when she was in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And she was just really isolated. So I think the f- there are many people who don't have a cheerleading squad and are actually hearing the opposite feedback. Right. So I think the first thing that you should do is go find something out in the world that um, inspires you or you can find new connections with. So that could be like researching books that uh, are stories you're interested in, listening to different podcasts, following different stories on the digital space, but then also looking for groups that you can be part of in your community. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it starts by going and volunteering somewhere. Sometimes there's a, you know, random, I don't know, moms who read group happening at the library with their kids. Like just go and be in community and then like start listening to the people who are having a life like you want. Right. Seek Absolutely. people who support and are positive and Yeah, because I think you almost need it's not even I think the first step isn't finding people that are supporters of you. It's finding people who know what that support looks like and support others. Like you have to know what it looks like first to know Mm. what you're going to find. Because if you're in a situation that you have, you're not treated correctly in your family and you're not treated correctly from your partner, you don't know what it looks like to be supported. So just go hang out with people who are doing that, even if it's not for you, just for others in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. and a volunteering situation is probably the good fastest place to, to go. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're definitely outward facing and less selfish. And the people who are volunteering are giving, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that I've learned is just be in listening for people, and I'll tell you why. Because I think that if you're not used to that. You discount it or you don't even hear it. Mm -hmm. So be listening for someone saying, good job, and accept 
that and and say, wow, thank you. Like how, I mean, I would probably even say, God, I never even thought I could do a good job like that. How how did that show up for you or what? Mm-hmm. And not to milk the, the good job, but to understand what they saw. And I think if you legitimately do that and say, oh, gosh, I never thought my, that I could ever do that or whatnot, but be in the listening for someone who is there for you that you may discount because your your own self-talk mm-hmm. is so loud. Let it come in. Yes. I mean, I think that's a big one, mm. how think, people discount mm-hmm. compliments or, or acknowledgments and mm. whatnot. And, and you deflect it a lot. Yes. And I, and I think, you know, when be okay with being committed to living your best life, mm. like, it's okay to want that. It's okay to know that wanting that might cause some disruption in how it is now. Right. Because if you're being uncomfortable, it's actually going to be great for you. Yes. And I think people get nervous. Like a perfect example in my own life is for a long time, I didn't want to fight with my partner because in, in a too aggressive way, because I thought fighting with somebody would mean that they would leave. Mm-hmm. Mm. And actually like the more... Um, bold I am in what I know I need and what I deserve, it's actually working out way better because if they leave, you don't want them anyway. Right. And if they don't leave, they're, it's going to change. Yeah. Right. So I think that there's, um, in my experience and some other women I've talked to, there's this fear that sticking up for what you know is right or what you deserve is going to shake things up. And that's scary. And it is. Mm. But what's on the other side of that is way cooler than it what is. you're experiencing now. Yeah, it so is. great. You know, we wrote a, an article, Kara, together. It was called The Power of Negative People. And one of the things that we've done in our life, in our marriage, in our business, and because we meet so many people, is if there is any discovery of negativity, even in personal past friendships or racism or things that we get a sense there, we move away from it. We just move. We don't judge it. We don't say, oh, I don't want to be your jerk. We don't battle it. We just move away from it. And so we have managed, as you said, to clear the deck, to have people in our life who are supportive and positive and and stay away from the other. That's what we've decided to do. And it's working in our world, in our, our marriage, rather. It is. Yeah. So I have a... Um uh, something that I want to share, and this is going to be uncomfortable for me, so I want to demonstrate courage here, is that I believe that it is up to us, male, female, who, to teach people how to be with us. And I think when we really take that on in a bold move, meaning that n- not aggressive, you know, but a, in an assertive way that this is how I want our relationship to be not making them wrong or what, we allow them to be in relationship with us in a way that we feel is really healthy and strong and supportive. And I think the more I am of that, the more David has grown and the more he is that of me, the more I've grown. And I mean, years ago, I used to just be so sweet, so, you know, demure and whatnot. And then I would all of a sudden blow up because I was like a steam kettle. I hadn't just let a little steam out when I felt it. I would just go nuts. And, but I wasn't being me. So what I think is really important is that we teach people how to be with us. 
And even to the point, Kara, that you said, if there is no shift for whatever reason, then I don't think it's fair even for them. Mm-hmm. To be, I was in an abusive relationship, my second husband, and I allowed it. You, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, you know, no one, what did she say? I'll know it. No one. Can make you feel inferior without your permission. Yeah. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to, I want to comment here because Marnell is this, I love this thing about how, how you teach others to be with you in a positive way. Sometimes she would say, I think we should go to therapy. And I would say, why, why, why do you think we should go to therapy? I just think it'd be good for us. Yeah, but we're. We're killing it right now, and we're really good. Yeah, but you never know we should go. And and I wouldn't want to go, but I would go. I, I've come to the point, actually, as a man where I like therapy. But anyway, mm-hmm. we'd go, but something would always pop up. There was something in the woodwork that popped out, and we think, God, I didn't even realize that was there. And it kept it kept the steam, as you said, Marnell, out of the kettle, so to right. speak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to – may I share a story? Sure. Kara, yeah. It's a humorous story, which maybe will serve <laughs> people who are listening. We were sitting on the beach one day with a glass of wine because we'd taken a – wine with us and it was a sunset and we were about to toast and this will line up with with being courageous and just as we were about to toast marnell said well wait just a minute i want to ask you a question well i said but the sun's kind of moving down no but just just i want to ask this i said well what what and she said and i want you not to answer it until you really think about it we promise i said okay what is it what is it will you promise that you will think about it okay yes i will <laughs> she said if there was anything, and we'd been married about how long then? It was actually our 10th anniversary. 10th anniversary. She said, if there was anything that you would change about me, what would it be? Please think about it. Well, I didn't even realize it was in danger. Most men who would listen to this broadcast would say, oh my gosh. Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> but I did. I, I said, okay. And I thought, and I put my hand to my chin like I'm doing here. And, and I thought, and I probably thought for, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds, which is a bit of a time. And then I finally said, okay, I'm ready. What, what is it? And I said, well, you know what? There's nothing. I think you're amazing just as you are, and I love you just like you are. And I couldn't be more thrilled with the marriage we have and the relationship I have. And, of course, she said, oh, and we clinked and we toasted and cheered to the almost sunset, which was left. <laughs> and then uh, right after, I thought, well, you know, hmm. Then I said to her, well, let, let me ask you, I mean, is there anything about me that you would change? She said, I have five things. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? How, five things? I had nothing. Come on. Anyway, I tell that because in authentic relationship, um, you can have fun with things if we're yeah. opening things up. Yeah. Well, people put so much significance on asking people questions that they maybe don't want the answer don't want to. Don't want the answer to. Right. And it's like, but... Once you know, like, there's so much power in the truth. Mm. Because, like, whatever Marnell said were her five things, you could either agree with her, you could disagree with her, you could choose to change or not, but at least you knew where she Yeah, but she being stood. taller, and, yeah. I mean, how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't it. But he gave me too much time to think. He <laughs> was listening. But this, I think, is really an important piece that how many times, do you, oh, we've been married for 30 years and just got a divorce. I thought, how does that happen? How does that happen? And I don't know, maybe it was a huge event or something, but I think you, you mean where someone we, is married yes, for a long, yeah, a long time. We need to constantly, in any relationship, get to how are we Tune doing? Ups, yeah. yeah. How how are we doing? Are we 
on track, off track. And when I said that you change about me, it doesn't mean I change always, but I'm aware of how I'm showing up for you that you think, wow, I didn't realize that. And that that knowledge to me as you said, is really powerful. Well, and if you're mm-hmm. if you're committed to learning and evolving yourself uh-huh. and you surround yourself with people that are in that same space, there's no way you're the same people as yesterday. And whether it's a uh, romantic relationship, if it's siblings, if it's you to your parents, you to your kids, like everyone, if you respect the human experience, you're, you're all changing at the same time. Right. So you have to do these check-ins with really everybody in your life because- what was there yesterday may be gone and something new might be there. And if you're really living all out there, you're going to upset people along the way and giving them the opportunity to say how you upset them. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, that's a gift to give somebody like to let them get it off their chest for you to be open to hearing it and be like, okay. Cause most, I don't know anyone that's committed to hurting the people they care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this, Kara. I think that's so terrific because mm-hmm. you made me think because I associated that story with the two of us, of course. But, you know, we have brothers and sisters and, and children and, and mm-hmm. we don't ask those things. You know, is it, how can I improve our relationship? I just don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So it's really a good lights on for me right this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we make, a, I do, I make up stories about that interaction. Like, why is she so short with me right there? Like, I don't get that. Or mm. why didn't he call me back? I mean, come on, I'm always there for him. And what do I do when I do that is that I start getting off track from maybe where we are mm-hmm. versus saying, I God, you know, whatever. Matt, how come you're not calling me back? I'm talking about your birthday party for God's sake. Oh my God, I'm just moving or I, who knows what, but I don't have to make up a story about it that it's about me. Mm-hmm. So it kind of derails or puts grains of sand is how I look at it. Grains of sand can really diminish relationships pretty quickly unless you really take that shoe, shake yeah. out those sand pebbles. Marnell, can, can you comment on I just thought of something. You and I are in business together, and we've been in everything together. We're here together, for gosh sakes. Um, We've come to the conclusion that whoever can land the plane best should land the plane. Can you explain what that means? Because I think it's it has allowed us to work well together. Because many people say, "How do you how do you work together? How do you do this and live together and build homes together?" And you know, how do you do that? Can you comment on landing the plane? Right. That, that thought. So I think the way that we look at it is that we all we both have different talents, and so what talent is needed for this situation, and then the other one takes the co-pilot position. Mm. So we're not both fighting because we both are very strong personalities and have bright ideas always. So which one really this this talent is is Dave's. So then I immediately take second chair as a co-pilot. And he may say, what about this? And I give my feedback, but I let him run with it. And the same with Dave. Mm -hmm. Marnell, you're much better. Like, you run with this. So in the houses that we built, that I love the conceptual, the design, and so on, he's more of the refiner. And he'll always find something and say, wow, that's amazing. I didn't see that. So I'm more big picture, and he's more of the refined detail. That is 
capitalizing on what I think we're best at, plus what we like, because we gravitate. Well, it's, it. we always think, Kara, who who would serve the client best in this particular one? Who has this particular talent that would be best for the client, or would it be a woman that we'd better to support the client, or the situation, or a man? And we do discuss it that way, which allows both of us to let our ego get out of the way and do what's right for the for the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's but, part of how we've managed to work well together, I think. Yes. Yeah. What but do you I, do when you disagree about that? Mm. Well, I, I usually surrender, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think that's number page one in the book. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, we fight for our positions pretty well. But I think then what we've learned to do is really listen. I, it's for me, I'll say for me, is really admire what Dave's detail adds Versus like, uh, we don't have, but to admire what he brings and listen to it differently and then be in conversation about it. Mm-hmm. So and, that and for, for me, me, and for me, honestly, and that's why I'm so happy to just have a little piece of this show with you and sharing with Marnell is I really believe the female brain works differently and a woman brings a different kind of thinking and talent to the table. And so um, I've learned working with Marnell, who's so talented and bright that I listen because I do think that, uh, you know, she comes from a different direction. We may end up in the same place, but her path may be better. So I've learned as a man, if any men are listening to this right now, that, you know, if, if, if men can surrender their ego and let the woman's mind in, there's greatness there. And it ha- I just believe in that. Yeah. And I think that's true for any groups or, or couples because- right. Even in a work situation where you all have a table full of talented, amazing people, mm-hmm. people get so hung up on like my way, my mm-hmm. idea, my credit. And the reason we're all in the room is because together it's going to be better than if we were by ourselves. Right. And yeah. I, like, I don't know why that is such common sense and no one's really using it as, as well as they could. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a question I have for you, Dave, mm-hmm. is obviously you are at a really healthy place as a couple and you've watched Marnell transform. Mm. Prior to knowing her now as this amazing, powerful woman, like were there other powerful ladies in your life that prepared you for what it would be like to be the partner of a powerful woman or that you were inspired by yourself growing up? Hmm. Uh, well, the, the first thing that flies by my, my thoughts, uh, my mother was very strong. So I, was, I did have a very strong, determined mother. So that mm-hmm. would probably be it. But but um, I don't think anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, she was a very strong woman, which was interesting because transitioning to a relationship with another strong woman, that I had resistance because it was like, look, I've, I've already had enough of, of strength from my mother. Now I don't need another mother. So our evolution um, uh, along this path has taken place primarily because of that, you brought it up, that moment in time where we, 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 you stood for yourself, you know, that, that, when we were at that program. So I don't know, you know, I, I, our relationship is born from love. I mean, I, she's it for me. And I, I just, I said, she's my bucket list, you know? Yeah. So I think that matters that I really care. And I, I have no interest in anything else. This mm-hmm. is, this is the, the one. And, you know, I, I wanted to, re- thanks for that question, but I wanted to say care the other thing that's interesting about listening to women for men to hear this, if a man hears this, is that I don't know how many times we have been to dinner or to a meeting where the man will look at me, just look at me, or she would 
ask a question mm -hmm. of the man, and then he'll answer by looking at me. And I can look away out of comfort because I feel so uncomfortable. I'll look away to give him, like if he's looking at the side of my head, he'll change direction and look at her. And he doesn't. I look back, he's still looking at me. I'm like, what? Wake up. Mm -hmm. You know, there are two people in here and and everyone matters. So I don't know. I, I, women have such a value. And uh, I, I guess we as men get to wake up to that, uh, you know. And what could be more rude or disrespectful than to figure that the man has all the power, so I'll just look at you and talk to you. Right. It's bothersome to me. I, mm -hmm. I've never called anyone out on it, but... Anyway, I don't know. I brought that up because we're talking about the power of women. So, Well, and I think so. And I think it's just generically speaking, people put labels on maybe it's youth. Maybe it's someone that's, you know, a senior. Maybe it's someone ethnically different. And I think it's small-minded that people do do this. And your point, we went out to dinner not five days ago. We're a very powerful man, very successful. We sat at the table, and he looked probably 80% at David. And I know it was uncomfortable for Dave, but it, it didn't bother me. I just thought, really? <laughs> this is like well, it's just 2019. The Have you experienced it, Kara, ever? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the easiest example that most people have probably experienced is like when you the bill comes to the table, nine times out of 10, they're going to give it to Jesse. Mm -hmm. The irony is that nine times out of 10, I'm the one that's going to like hey, pay yeah, for yeah, it yeah. just because I'm usually the one carrying the money. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it always makes me laugh because I'm like, okay, there's a part of it that appreciates like the gentlemanliness of like, what sure. they want to be constructing, perhaps, but I don't think they're thinking that most of the time. No. They're just like, oh, here, give it yeah. to the guy. Right. And I don't make it a thing because I have bigger things to worry about. Right. But I do think that it's really interesting to see how it's evolving. And obviously, you guys have seen women's rights and women's women in the workplace. And this <clears throat> whole transition has, it's so different from the different phases in your life to where it is now. Right. I mean, what about where we're at today in the women's movement like surprises you or um, are, are you impressed as, as happening because you maybe never thought it would be at this place? Right. So I'm surprised that it hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. And I mean, that really is. So we have a daughter who's an executive with a big movie studio. Two daughters that are in executive roles. Yeah, Exactly. Well, mm -hmm. I was thinking of one of course, because of the yeah. financial right, implications. Right, 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 right. So replacing a male versus, it was like, really? <laughs> this isn't happening. So, and our other daughter who's an executive with um, a studio is... You know, it's it's just different roles. Mm -hmm. It's like crazy. Like, how is that? And do we allow it? In other words, do we not stand for ourselves? So I'm mm -hmm. going to ask that question, and maybe we don't. Um, but if we don't, now I've been independent contractor my whole existence except once. And so I've always made money 
that I produced because, you know, I'm a free agent, so to speak, even in our own business. So I've been able to not deal with that politics, but I see it and I, I'm really disappointed. I've coached women. In fact, just recently, this woman was playing a role of an executive, but she didn't have the title. Well, we don't want to offend other people. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. So we got her to step into the role. And now what about the pay? Well, they're really nice to me. No, 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 no. And so what is it in our heads if it's a female thing that we go, oh, well, we don't need it. It's okay. I can see me doing that if I work for a company like, oh, no, we'll give it to Dave because he needs it. You know, he's got a family to feed as if I don't, you know, a crazy. Or, Or does it even matter? Does it even matter who has to feed the family rather no, than the basis that's of what talent? I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if men listen to this. I assume they listen to this station uh, or I to hope your so. broadcast, but yeah. <laughs> but but I I don't know what a man would think about hearing me. But I can tell you that, you know, I'm a street guy. I, I am. I'm. I came up to the rough side, the south side of Chicago, and there there's no whatever wuss means in me, mm-hmm. and it is just strictly a level of respecting. Um, another gender, I mm-hmm. guess you'd say it, or whatever another it would human. be. Another yeah, human. Yeah, it's and, that and easy, seeking I think. the talent that they bring to the yes. table. Yes. So I'm not. Um, uh, this is not about you have to, you know, give the girls a chance. This is about the end result of what makes life great. Yeah. And companies to flourish. And yeah, I think to. Women need to wake up and men need to wake up. We both do. Women need to wake up and be treated the way they want to be treated and not acquiesce, as you were just saying, Marnell. Right. And men get to wake up that there's talent on the other side of the table here that they can, you know, bring forth. I mean, there's part of me, and I think this is, is predominant in my generation and, and younger, of almost getting insulted when there, if there's favoritism now for being female. It's like we just want it to be equal. Like, we're not trying to tip the scales where everything goes this way. Mm. It's like, no, like, it's about equality. Like, just, like, treat us the same. Mm-hmm. And I had a situation at one of my, um, a company I worked for ages ago, where I kept getting asked to, to work late on projects because they knew I was um, not married and didn't have kids. And they're like, well, they have to go home because they have their kids. Or they have to go, like, they would, all these reasons for, like, because they had a family. Mm. And I said, no. They're like, what do you mean no? I'm like, I'm going to help out this one time because we're in a bind and I'm going to help because that's what I do. Good. But I'm not going to keep doing this because if I keep doing this, I will never have the family because I won't be doing (laughs) anything else but working. (laughs) And it was just, and it got, it caught them off guard because I know that they were coming from a place of trying to make it all work for everybody that was on the team. And it just didn't, those women couldn't stay. They had to pick up their kids. They had like, there's daycare limitations. I right, got it. Right. But I'm like, we have to find a solution that doesn't make anyone have to do that and like get it done during the workday. Mm. Like there's, this system is broken <clears throat> and it wasn't even like me versus guys getting to leave. Right, right. It was like in, just in the female group we had, because it happened to be a, a women's team doing apparel that there was even these silly rules about like who who needs to stay and who can go home. Right. And I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Well, good. good. So you. You, you exercise courage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I also, I mean. Good for you. I, 
Yes, I think I was born with a little bit of gumption that just Spunk. came out. Spunk. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. yeah. There's now, been an element of moxie. Yes. No, I think, you know what? And so I believe that um, you, you said this earlier, that women feel like we don't want to tip the scales. We just want equality. And I do think that it's up to us as individuals that I like the movement. It's mm-hmm. great the awareness, but I think it's up to us to step up to the plate and have it really work out like that. And I I don't, it's not even about the female um, Mm -mm. story. It's Mm -mm. anyone out there. If you want to have a great life, you you. have to create it yourself. Like no one's going to give it to you. There's so many amazing people that are going to give you a hand up and to help and to be supported. Like I would not be anywhere without the people who are saying yes to being on the show, the people who've helped me out before, everyone I call for advice. Like no one's an island in in creating the world that they want for themselves. Right. But no one else cares enough about your life to do anything about it most of the time. Absolutely. It's up to us. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the things from a man's point of view, because I'm in business and I see it and I'm around it is that I see uh, many young women, particularly because some of the industries we go into, who will acquiesce and they'll hang out with the boys and the boys are throwing off F-bomb jokes and they, they just let it go or they'll make remarks and they just let it slide by and because the perception seems to be that if, if, I, if I do that, I'll be accepted with the guys. Rather than, because I can tell you, as a man myself, what I, what I look for, it doesn't matter what gender, it's talent and, and competency. And if a woman is, is competent, uh, that's important. If a man is competent, that's important. So, so women, I'm, I want to say, you know, Marnell, you didn't sell out in that category. Mm-mm. And how do women keep from selling out? Because men, men, listen, I'm a man. You know, some of us are dumb as a rock. We don't just wake up to it. But how do women stop selling out? Okay, I love that question yeah. because I even remember in high school, for heaven's sakes, that. You know, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to fit in and that I would have to monitor like, eh, ha, 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 and walk away. Absolutely. And when I started working with you in commercial real estate, that you protected me because there was what I thought, oh, they're being nice. They want to include me. Well, no, they probably wanted to date me or something even worse. But anyway. Well, they so didn't. I think, in that I industry, think, women were looked at back then as like I don't know what you call it, contributors. They were, mm-hmm. but but that's you know that's made. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's made full circle today. That in that industry, women are still hired to be helpers rather than brokers, so to speak. Yeah, anyway, I think I think it's up to us. Yeah. I think it's up to us as individuals to take a stand, look for coaches, look for mentors, uh, look for someone that really believes in the talent, mm-hmm. and then stand up and, and show up. I mean, absolutely show up. In fact, there's uh, an article I'd love to post. It's called Get Shiny. Uh, good point. And it, it's, it's really about you as an individual showing up as like a rising star when you're new to something. And so therefore people say, wow, I like, I like Mm -hmm. that attitude. They're here early. Wow. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things. But I do think what's missing in the world of of business is that I have seen this over and over again. It really makes me angry where we call it an empty suit. Some guy, he looks good. He's politically correct. He has a nice suit. But he doesn't contribute anything, and he 
he makes he still gets a lot of money. Yeah, but that, I think, that's... like, what is wrong with this? Yeah, but that's the, that's the fight going on. But I want to go back to that article yes. about Get Shiny Curve mm-hmm. because, because what we're talking about is people are looking for mentors. They're looking for female mentors, mm-hmm. male mentors, and so on. And we get asked all the time, how do I find a good mentor? And our feedback is, you don't find them. They'll find you. If you're shiny, they'll find you. Male right. or female, doesn't matter. Uh, show up big. Play big. Be smart. You know, do the things that draw attention to the positive. And someone who's talented will find you. Well, and I, I 100% agree with, like, keep showing up. Yeah. Right. right. Like they talk about having corporate collateral. Keep learning what you don't know. Keep right. expanding. And I and being someone who reached a ceiling in an industry where mm-hmm. there I couldn't find a mentor, male, female, mm-hmm. you name it, because mm-hmm. I just got to a point where they were either my boss or there was no one else. Mm-hmm. And I, I would advise to that's when you have to just like when people say they can't find someone to date, like you have to expand your circles. Right. Like who who can you who haven't you hung out with? Who's another friend to call? Who can you ask? And I think one of the secrets to having your best life is recruiting people to play the game for you. Like if you don't tell people what you're up to, no one can help you. Right. So like the second you start telling people what you are creating and how they can help and like, don't be afraid to ask. Like, I love this it. is exactly what I'm looking for. Who do you know? Who do you know? Yeah. Because it might not be today, but you'll get a phone call three months later. Like, Hey, do you still need this? I found this person, and I feel so lucky with with the Powerful Leads podcast that I at first was nervous to send people out an email that has like six steps of things to do, and then follow up emails that have ten other things to do because there's a lot of requests. Like we're we're a, a new company in in this phase. There's a lot of things that we need, and I don't know, and how do we get it going? And at first, I was nervous to put all my requests out. And I was like, no, like I have to take my own advice. Here's everything I need. Which one, which one calls to you, or do you feel um, excited to participate in? And it's been amazing the feedback where either people are answering all of the questions I have of like this person, this person tried this, do this, or they answer the one, or they don't answer any because some people just never respond to emails, and that's okay. But until you put out the request, it's you can't make. But get, guess movement. what you're really saying when you get clear. Yeah. It starts to happen. <laughs> yes. Remember? See? I love it. So there's a friend, and, and I love where you're at because you're on the skinny part of the branch, and that is meaning it's not as safe. It's, you know, like it, it flows in the wind. It may not look like you think it looks, and it's called taking risks. Mm-hmm. And I would say if I can say anything, that's where it makes the biggest difference in our lives. Take a risk. And I want to tell you a story, and I would love to have her on for you, is a woman had this great idea. She was working for a huge company, and she shared the idea with the company, and they could have easily implemented it. They didn't do it. So she decided, and she talked to her family about it, sold everything, moved into a tiny apartment, went out under SBA loans and this and that, and she just got a and and that but let me interrupt and that was in 2013. Thank you. Is when she began and this what is this eight nineteen where are we mm-hmm. <laughs> the beginning of nineteen six years later she just sold her company for a hundred million dollars now 
that she's no different than you, me, you listening, no different, honestly. She took a risk. Now, could it have blown up in her face? Absolutely. But guess what she gets to do? She gets to remember that she tried it. Mm-hmm. Even if it turned into nothing, she tried it. And guess what? Her first partner didn't work out. So mm-hmm. she had to handle that conflict and unravel that. The second thing is where is she going to get the technology to do this? So she was in a place she had never been before. And she just kept reaching out, reaching clear, out, though. reaching out. She wanted to do it. She wanted to do it. And she enrolled her family to do it. And now, I mean... And it's not just the money. It sounds like, wow, you know what? She fulfilled a dream. Mm -hmm. And that's when you said, show up, stand up, take that risk, go to the skinny edge of that branch, and just believe, honestly believe. I always pray, but believe Mm -hmm. and pray and stand for something that you really want to happen because that, to me, is our power. That, to me, is your personal power. And you're then, I think, with that, you're you're better you and you're better wife and mother and sister mm-hmm. and you know daughter and community person and contributor and that's when it gets juicy. That's why I'm here. Well, I'm excited. No, for real. Like <laughs> fortune favors the brave. Yes. And everybody has an idea for an invention, a project, a business, how to fix something or and so much of this starts from like why is it that way? Right. And you you have it and it goes. Right. In Hello Possibility, we always talk about how there's a shelf life for a great idea. Right. And the people who des- who decide, you know what, I- I'm actually going to take this one on. Right. Because to your point, it might only go five more feet and then realize it's not for you. Like there's somebody else who should be taking this into right. the next level. But you keep trying them out. Like this is Powerful Ladies has already been a four year project that I've been frustrated with, was going to change a name 80 times, like was going to just stop doing it. Right. But there was something that like. I couldn't, it, it kept having more options show up. Mm-hmm. I could see other things. Mm. And finally, the piece of the puzzle came together where we could start taking these steps. Right. And yeah, like there's, I agree, taking the risk and just doing it. Courageous, like, authentic, courageous. Yes. So when you wrote that email, Kara, you were saying, I don't have the answers. I need someone. I don't know what I'm doing here. And I love that. The vulnerability is so important, I think, to be able to be successful because I don't think any one person has all those answers. And if they do, great. But I think then you enroll others to be part of that community, part of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an honor. I started out saying today, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Because I know when I didn't have what I have, you know, I have lived on the ocean. I've lived in New York City in a penthouse. I mean, I've done things that don't look at my bio like, oh my gosh, this should have happened to you naturally. No, no, no. No MIT graduate. No this, no that, no whatever. And yet, why not? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to challenge each one of you listening to this podcast. Why not? What are you you holding back on? Because Mm -hmm. I want you to take a baby step and say, wow, okay, I'm holding back on what? Telling someone you're upset with them? Get it off your chest. Move forward. What am I afraid of? That 
you know, I you have to read in front of someone with, you know, curlers in your hair or pigtails when you think, oh, my God, I look God awful. Good. Do it. Step into it. Because that is your breakthrough. That allows you to be that magnificent person that God made you. And you are magnificent. Well, and we need everybody to step Absolutely. up because there's so many problems in the world that need solving that we have the ability to solve. And we yes. just see more people realizing I'm the one that can take this on. Like if everyone's operating, let's assume the average of the world is operating at like a two. Okay. If we can get more people to a five, like stuff's going to change. It, it can't stay the way it is now. Right, right. So, and that's why we have this like full circle empowerment model of we're going to share stories of people who have some of these tips and tricks and like can inspire and right. get you thinking about things because you already have the power. Like, let's just give you the tools to start massaging it and, and growing it. Good. Because I need you, I need everyone listening to start like making a difference. I agree. And you already are, but let's make it bigger. Like there's, there's, there's a magnitude that we can achieve if everyone's willing to step into the power that they have. It is. And I think be open to the different ways that looks because we were we had an instance where I this is years ago but we um I heard an uh television was that was open mosque day and I don't have any Muslim friends and didn't really know any Muslim people so I thought I would like to go I would like to experience that to see what their thoughts are what they you know what they practice as religious beliefs and whatnot. So we did. And it was fascinating to me. It really was. And a Dr. Taziki was the speaker there. And he talked about the similarities of Christianity and Judaism and whatnot to all of this. And he was actually brought in by Bush after 9-11 and talked about different pieces to it. That night for dinner, we had a couple over, and what have you been up to? And I said, oh, my gosh, it was so interesting. And we talked about going to the mosque. And I was just taken back. The couple were so um, put off by anyone of that culture and religion. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I don't even know if they knew anyone. It was mm-hmm. just probably publicized and whatever. And, yes. It, it was pretty shocking because the, ah. when we went to the mosque, it was very exciting. And the press was there and they didn't try to recruit you. They didn't give you materials. No one, yeah. you know, it was just an experience of learning. and Learning. And I learning. think that was huge. Just understanding. And uh, in that evening at dinner at our home, uh, one of the, People said, "Oh, the reason that yeah, what they're what they're trying to do, they were they were trying to be nice to you because ultimately they want to kill you." And we sat and thought, That's "Are you kidding me?" So, no, it is. Guess what? That ended that relationship. Not that we stand for Muslims or Catholics or Jewish or any particular. Wasn't that? It was just that I don't want to be around that. You're not going to stand for. I don't stand not for anything like that. Mm-hmm. No. So we move away from things that are not. Um, Generating forward motion and are good. Yeah, and to your yeah. point, if we're all operating at two, if we get to a four, I think I would love to say that we all have open minds. It doesn't mean that we have to necessarily agree, Mm-mm. but do we have to put them in a category of wrong? Because it, you know, it. I think of food because I love to cook and I love to eat. So it doesn't make it wrong that Dave doesn't like garlic. 
No, it's just a preference. Mm -hmm. Do I make him bad because he doesn't? No. But when we were in Italy, I said, Dave, I think garlic's like, you know, the state flower or the, you know, the country flower. And he, he said, no, let's try it. I'm in Italy. So love that attitude. Love that attitude. Yeah. Well, I think as you're going through a journey of, of being curious and learning and, uh-huh. and pushing your, your own boundaries, you never know what nugget you get that you're only given to give to somebody else. Uh-huh. Like I, I really see in that story you shared about having dinner with that couple after you went to the mosque that who knows what you opened up for them in their perspective right. that wouldn't have ever come up because you got to have share that with them. Yeah, maybe. And mm-hmm. it may not have happened then. It, like, who knows where they're at now? Planting right? seeds, yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's something about, like, showing people that there's a different way of approaching a topic or living life right. that starts to put the good sand in somebody's shoes mm-hmm. where suddenly they're like, huh. Right. What like there's it's left in there. There's an imprint that got made. And yeah. so often we don't realize what we put out into the world because again, you don't you're not thinking about it that way. Right, right, right. So no, as a matter of fact, a client we were up in San Francisco after that, he had done some research on us. Now we had already been his clients or we he was our client, so he had already engaged with us. But he was amazed. He said, what was that all about? And I said, wow, it was really fascinating. Opening up different Mm -hmm. channels of thought and openness. Again, you don't have to agree or disagree. You know, it just, I love it. I love learning. I love being exposed to different things and understand how different. When we were in New York, it was fascinating because most people that came from different countries we're so impressed by our country. And I think a lot of people that were born here don't see how amazing it is. Yeah. You know, it's pretty fascinating. You know, as listeners listen to you do this, I, I, I just have to say, it's so funny. Marnell said to me one day, she said, all right, listen, this is what I want to do. I want to learn to speak uh, some uh, one of the Chinese languages. I want to learn I want to learn to speak Italian. I want to go to uh, Italy and I want to cook. I, I want to do this. I want to, she had about 50 she went on and on about all these things. And then she said, "What about you? What do you want to do?" I was so exhausted <laughs> listening. I just thought, I just want to watch television. I want to sit down. I'm exhausted. This is the same conversation Jesse and I had <laughs> is all it really? time. <laughs> so she is this freight train to getting, I don't think I'll ever get to relax, even though I do, but uh, but she's this dynamic woman that stands for everybody and is probably one of the, you know, one of the things that I have to compliment Marnell about, and I hope your listeners can buy into this. We have never, I have never gone anywhere with her that when we left, she said something negative about the exper- about the mm-hmm. people or about their home or about mm-hmm. something. Never, ever. I have all kinds of things I could say, <laughs> but she never does it. She's just a positive ball moving forward, mm-hmm. and and the goodness of that has brought goodness into your life because look at what you do in the world. Right. So right, it's really remarkable. Right. Yeah. right. Well, I no, I feel very she's my, blessed. She's my heroess or hero. What do you say? Heroine. Yeah. <laughs> heroine. heroine. Yeah, heroine. That's what you say. I mean, we can also just use hero. Hero. <laughs> she's my hero, yes. That's okay. So talking about moving the ball forward. Yes. As we're wrapping things up for today, mm-hmm. what are you up to next as a as a team and individually and um, where are you headed? Good. Excellent. So as I mentioned, we're in transition and it's scary. It really is. So we're thinking about what's next for our business and we're thinking about selling it. 
and how does that look and who would be the right person and how do we let go and what do we do to be able to support it but not get in the way of someone new. And so we are looking at finding um, an exit strategy for what's next for us. And we don't know what that looks like, so Mm -hmm. we're not clear yet. So the answers are not coming just yet. We're looking for someone that wants to be in the training business, the speaking business where we are. We've had an extraordinary life here. We call it a life of choice. It's been remarkable. And Marnell knows how to build wealth. We've done that through this business. And so here we have it all bundled up. Who wants it? Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking for someone. So that's the next journey. And then we're... What else are we doing? Well, and I think what I'm learning about me, that's why I'm so glad that you invited me. I wrote this program called Maximizing You. For which women. Mm-hmm. For women. And it really was my journey. And it was kind of interesting because Dave and I have always been in partnership. So when I decided to do this, I was actually asked by a client to do this. And I thought, I've got to do it on my own which was, it felt awkward. It felt like a chef. I had no sous chef. I felt like, so, but I did. I got into a rhythm and I did. And it came from me and my heart and whatnot. And at the end, uh, we had a deadline to produce the workbooks and the tapes and whatever, the CDs. And so I needed someone to listen to the CD and go through the workbook to see continuity and it puts in a line. So I asked Dave, to listen to one of the the segments, and um, he did, and he came out, and it was so cute. Dave is so humble, but he's got such a strong ego. He's like the fellow who wanted me to come, not him to come train. Uh-huh. He walked out, and he looked at me, and after he listened to it and said, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good. And it is good. But but I would like to uh, re-record it. Well, you're talking about really, what's next, and this is one of the things. I would that, really like to get this out in the world because you said the baby steps. And for me, this was, mm-hmm. this was really, really important, you know, from a standpoint of the beginning of owning your personal, like what makes you unique, Mm -hmm. how how you differentiate that, not from ego, but from power, like really getting like, wow, I really have this talent. I really believe in myself in this way. What does that look like? And discovering your dream, you know, how do you do that? Because it's so, it's a big topic. How do do you find balance in your life? These are all for women and not that men wouldn't use it, but. And I love this. amazing Is that um, number five the blockades, what's holding you back. And for me, it was this Mm self-talk. It was really this, I couldn't even hear other people maybe think that I had anything to offer because it was like, uh, it was already, nah, it's probably not right for you or you're not good enough or you didn't do this or you you didn't come from the right background or What you were telling yourself. Yes. And that was so powerful. But this, uh, Kara, this is uh, Marnell's next journey to get the maximizing you work out to women because mm-hmm. it's for women to, to – that's what she believes in. And so that's one part of this next journey and the yeah. moving our business into someone else's hands, whoever that mm-hmm. happens to be. Yeah, and, and I we really want to – we might move our real estate to a different location. We're, we're definitely going to move. So we were always on the beach in Laguna on the ocean. It was just like, really? This is crazy. But what happened was we let it go. And when we let it go, we moved to New York. It was like, are you, it was, 
it was just amazing. So what's next? Like, what's the next adventure? Mm -hmm. But I want to go back to this because this is a big one for me. Assertive versus what number aggressive, is this? number nine. And you're and you're listing off of the twelve steps that uh-huh. you kind of have in this program. Yes. But I didn't know assertive versus aggressive. How to be assertive. I could I could be passive and compliant and people pleasing, or I could be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Not so good. So you know, what's that temperament difference? How does that work? And I also think that men can can learn from all of this. In other words, this is a practice of, I did it for women, but a practice of just being kind of a, a, a good, gracious When will you roll human, this out? Human being. What's your vision? You said you get clear, yeah, it happens. I, I do. Are you clear? I, I'm pretty clear. A pretty yeah, clear, absolutely. but not clear. Well, I don't have a date yet because I have to talk technically about a yeah. few things, but I would guess in the next 90 days for Good. sure yeah. because I do think the value is how can I give someone something so they can have the life of choice mm-hmm. I've been able to create. And in my listing, I just heard her say, I guess in the next 90 days. There's no guessing. You, okay. When you get clear, <laughs> this is going to happen. Exactly. So okay. Let's, let's be, be clear. See. Well, you okay. can decide hey, later, but I'd say everything is about that. You know, everything in Marnell's world is is this powerful woman. When she declares it, there's so many instances I could tell you, mm-hmm. but when because she's done it many many times, when she declares it and gets clear, it just happens without knowing how, in the face of no evidence of how to do a thing. Mm-hmm. She accomplishes it by just declaring it. I think Jim Carrey said when he was, I heard, this was a story when he was a starving actor. He put $10 million check in his wallet and said, someday I'll be paid that. And I'm sure his fellow actors said, oh, good luck. How are you going to do that? Because right. everybody's in the how question. Mm-hmm. And I know he must have replied, I don't know how, but I know I'm going to. And Marnell lives in that domain of declaring something. And it just comes about. And so... What? That when you do this that, is, that's yeah, going to happen. This is easy. I yeah. think it's still in my head percolating. What else? Is but I'm thinking there? for women out there wondering, yeah, but how do you do it? Yeah, I don't think it's a how thing. It's a declaration thing. It is absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a lot of hustle and hard work, and there is. There's no, no so doubt. much between yes. those things. But I know when you're ready for this to come back out. Right. We would love to support you and showcase this and get this out to all the people who are mm. powerful Perfect. ladies. Good. Um, I think it's a great course. I, I've read your um, book, um, Soar Selling. Selling. Uh-huh. And it's a great book. It's like I recommend it to everyone that's in the sales world because, again, you guys give people the zero to four steps uh, and right. then the five to 12 steps. Like right. there's nothing left out about how you start that process. And I'm guarantee that this will also be the same way. Like there's nothing, no, nothing left where you have questions of like, how do I actually do it? Good. Good. Um, I love it. I know there's something big for me. I, I really do. And I'm scared to say that, (laughs) but there's, there's so much that, um, you know, I think you and I, and I, I just putting this out there, I think that we can do couple things too, Mm -hmm. because I really do think a powerful woman can, really engage with a powerful man and have it really work perfectly. I, I know mm-hmm. sometimes men have felt like maybe you're powerful. I'm not sure how. But I think a good, powerful woman allows a man to be really a good, powerful man. So I think it's that good balance. Yeah, it's, it, you have to be 
supporting each other to maximize each other's greatness. Otherwise, no one really gets to be their full (laughs) greatness. No. Absolutely. So thanks for asking. And what are you up to? So what's this? Me? Oh, yes. Well, there's so much. But um, obviously, we're la- the Powerful Ladies podcast is coming out. We're going to be supporting more women uh, through the store, on the website, uh, providing our own tools and courses. Because again, like we want practical tools. We don't want to be talking about gratitude and manifesting and leaving it in this theoretical space, but right. giving you the actual, like, do these five things and something's going to change. Right. And I'm a big believer in lists and like, just here's a list. Try these different lists and like, they're going to work. If, if nothing big moves, your brain's going to start thinking about the world differently. And that's, I think, probably step one. I love it. Yeah. But I it love has been it. such a pleasure to have you guys oh, here. Thank, thank I'm you. I'm honored that you were a yes. I'm so excited I got both of you in the studio. I know. Thanks, David, oh, for thank sharing you. Well, this I've, I've, I've learned more just, again, sitting here listening to you. And there's so many reminders for me about um, what makes things tick for our relationship and, and you and women. Yeah. yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks, Kara. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, thank There are so many amazing nuggets of pure goodness in this episode that it was really hard to pick an opening teaser. Don't you just love them? You can hear their commitment to making a difference, continuing to grow, and to be there for each other. I love that they're able to be vulnerable, be authentic about where they come from, what they've been afraid of, what they've overcome, and share the realities of their life, both past and future, as they're navigating towards an unknown in their next phase of life. To support Dave and Marnell, you can buy their two books, Source Selling and Canoe Theory, both available through PowerfulLadies.com slash tools read, basically in our tools section under books. You can visit their website, dialexis.com, email them, info at dialexis.com, and follow Dialexis Inc. on Instagram. As soon as Marnell is ready, we will have Maximizing You available on thepowerfulladies.com. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know when it's available and to be able to participate in that program. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com to hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful, get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop, or donate to the Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving campaign. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. For show notes and to get the links to the books, podcasts, and people we talk about, go to thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. She's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world, if not the first. And she also happens to be the best. We're very lucky to have her. She's a powerful lady in her own right, in addition to taking over the podcasting world. She's a singer-songwriter working on her next album, and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her, and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies, and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love. When you clean up your diet and start eating real food, it's the sauces, dressings, and toppings that can make an otherwise bland meal exciting. That's why Mark, 
who created Primal Kitchen, created Primal Kitchen condiments and dressings to add uncompromising delicious flavor to every single bite. At home, I totally use and love the mayo avocado oil. It's great because it's cage-free eggs, it's sugar-free, it's soy and canola-free, dairy-free, gluten-free. It's paleo-friendly, it applies for keto, but Honestly, it's just delicious. There's no junk in it. So it allows you to feel healthy without knowing all the secret things that are in other stuff. This stuff has none of it. They're a sponsor of Powerful Ladies. And if you shop on their website, primalkitchen.com, use coupon code Powerful Ladies to get 10% off. 